It's time for the All Things Strange podcast. We are your hosts, Agent ETA and Agent Anderson. Come along as we examine UFO sightings, conspiracies, and all things strange. You can check out all of our wonderful links in the description on the link tree, where you can find Discord, where you can interact with the hosts, where you can find our merch store on Redbubble, and of course, you can find our Patreon. This week's episode, The Pine Gap. It doesn't really sound all that, um, I don't know, all that nefarious or anything. It's just, oh, Pine Gap. That sounds like it might be a great place to go camping, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I thought the same thing, you know? Yeah. It sounds like a good wilderness area that, you know, you might be able to go fishing or camping or something, you know? But, oh, boy. All right. So this one was voted upon by our Patreon subscribers. We've got three tiers. The first tier will get you early access and after hours. The middle tier gets you bonus episodes. This week we did Watergate Part 2 and... The higher tier will allow you to vote on upcoming topics. This time around, we are doing Pine Gap. And next week, we're going to be doing the Illuminati, which I'm pretty excited about that one, too. Oh, dang. Hell yeah. It's going to be fun. Or maybe not. I don't know. Maybe it'll be another one of those ones where you can't really find anything on it. Who knows? People talk about it like it's a thing, but is it really a thing? I don't know. We'll find out. All right. Anyways, let's get to Pine Gap. Pine Gap is a satellite surveillance base and Earth Station, and it's been called the most secretive place in Australia. And in case you're wondering what an Earth Station is, which I was like, oh, that sounds pretty cool. What What, what is that exactly? An Earth Station. A bunch of hippies. Yeah, a bunch of hippies, yeah. <laughs> hey, man, let's go over to the Earth Station, man. Um, <laughs> it's a radio station that's designed for extraplanetary telecommunication with spacecraft, like satellites, or perhaps the space shuttle, that sort of thing. So it's just a radio station, essentially, right? So what's the big deal? Why are we talking about this? Pine Gap is about 18 kilometers southwest of Alice Springs in the Northern Territory in Central Australia. So it's like, I looked at a map and it's kind of like right there in the middle, you know, like in the middle of nowhere. Because from what I understand, the central part of Australia, it's it's pretty... uh, Yeah, it's it's... It's pretty much the geographic center of Australia. Yeah. And there's not a whole lot there from what I understand. As I'd like to do with these episodes, I love looking into these towns, small towns, to see what's going on there. And it turns out Alice Springs is actually a pretty interesting sounding place. So it's the third largest town in the Northern Territory with a population of 25,000, which just goes to show you uh, just how small of an area, well, how small the population of that area is in general. I live in a town of 200,000, and that's considered a pretty small population where I live, <laughs> you know, but it is California mm-hmm. after all. The town itself was named after Lady Alice Todd, who was the wife of telegraph par- pioneer Charles Todd. A little bit of history there for you. Every oh. year, they have a 10-day festival called Parchima, which is a, fest- a, Parchima, a festival of light. I guess it's a subtitle. It aims to celebrate the oldest continuous cultures in the world through the latest technology. So it's kind of an interesting thing. I guess it's a large Aboriginal population in the area. So they're sort of, you know, telling their culture through um, technology, I guess. They have light shows, art, storytelling, and other things. 
2022 had a two kilometer stretch of light installations, just as an example, like, damn, that sounds really cool. I'd love to go see something like that. Yeah. The area also has a couple of other interesting things like the camel cup, which is, as you might expect, a yearly camel race <laughs> of all things. And oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you were thinking, I was something, thinking else. something else. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, once a year in the middle of Australia, they have a camel race. Uh, I don't know why, but they do. They also have an annual four day festival celebrating this particular wearable, wearable item of clothing. I'm just, would you get, guess what? What would you guess? What piece of clothing would merit a four day annual festival? If you had to guess, I don't know, a strap on? No, no, close, but it's a beanie, <laughs> a four day beanie <sighs> festival. Really? Yeah, celebrating beanies in all their forms. I was like, all right, this place is pretty weird. And they also have... All right, they, they must be yeah. big fans of uh, Tim Pool. I guess, yeah. I have no idea who that is. Oh, okay. Well, is that his Aust- podcast is pretty popular. Is that an Australian bloke? No, no, he, he's from the United States. Uh, he's uh, His podcast is called the Tim Pool IR- IRL podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah, but it's uh, if you haven't seen it, you haven't seen it. It's no big deal. You know? Yeah. And they also have the Fink Desert Race. It's a two-day off-road race from Alice Springs to Apatula, which was formerly the town of Fink. And it said online that it was 229 kilometers each way. So I guess it's a round trip of a 460-kilometer race. That's pretty cool. 460-kilometer mm. off-road race. So there's a lot of interesting things going on in the area. But let's get back to Pine Gap. This is a base. Yeah, let's get back to that gap. Yeah, the gap. There's <laughs> another way of looking at it. This is a base that's not the store. You what? Oh yeah, not not the that's store. It. No, no, not at all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is a base that's jointly operated by the United States and Australia. And I saw mention or Australia, I should, I guess I should say. And I saw mention that there's a couple of other nations that may partake of the base, or we may share information with them. Basically, the five eyes. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say which is that's um, United States, Australia, New Zealand, England, and uh, one more. I forget who else is in there. Canada. Can- oh, yeah, yeah, Canada. That's right. Yeah, okay. How could I forget good old Canada? This base has operations from the CIA, the NSA, and the NRO, which is the National Reconnaissance Office, which does satellite intelligence. So I did, I was not super familiar with the NRO. I had to look them up, but I guess that's, you know, uh, the spy arm that specializes in spying with satellites. Pretty cool stuff, I guess. Yeah, this it's part of the alphabet soup of all sorts of different organizations that our country has, you know? Yeah, exactly. There's actually a surprising number of them that I've, you know, that once I Googled it and I was like, wow, there's a lot of these I never even heard of. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. So this base is a key part of the NSA's Global Interception and Surveillance Program. Ah, oh, isn't that exciting? So it's part of, one of the things they do there is Project Echelon. This was established in the 60s, I guess the project was, to monitor Soviet communications. You know, typical spy stuff, not a big deal. Uh, but we could probably do a whole episode just on the history of Project Echelon. It's pretty cool stuff if you want to go read on it. Oh, yeah, that. well... Just like a, we could do an episode on on just like satellites that have been put out like since the sixties, uh, seventies, and part of the a big part of the Cold War, and trying to gain information and spy on other countries. Most for the most part, Soviet Union. You know, yeah. At, the, at that time, obviously the Cold War. That was you know 
the whole thing right there, U.S. versus the Soviet Union. So we were trying to get, you know, as much information as we could. And um, this base is, is very strategically placed. You know, the, the, one of the reasons that I heard why they put this base in, in the area that they did was because they, they wanted to basically mask their signal. They wanted to uh, have less opportunity for other countries to um, infiltrate, to, to receive or, uh, you know, get contact with our information, you know, try to try to infiltrate, uh, you know, whatever we're doing. Right. So that, that using the water or have, the air. Yeah. It's very far away from any, any other uh, city. It's right in the middle of that continent there. Um, it's very far away from any coastlines and stuff. And so it's, it's a, a very safe site. Well, it, you know, more safe that you can get in, in most any area really. Yeah. And I just, you just reminded me of like satellites. Like I won't go on too long of a tangent, but I was reading about one satellite. I think it was called Skyhook. It was a spy satellite that would take photographs, but this is before the digital age. So the satellite actually had to drop off the film, right? And the way they did this was it would just drop the film and then they would like parachute or something and they would just catch it in the middle of the air. They would just catch the canister. It's crazy. Really? It's like pretty low tech, but really interesting stuff how they figured out how to do that. I mean, imagine the, the precision you would need to pilot that. Yeah. I mean, that that's kind of crazy, you know, that you would do that in that like rudimentary fashion, you know, drop off that kind of intel, you know. Now, obviously, you know, the new satellites, they they send, you know, a signal, you know, they, they send you know, the information uh, and, and we receive it. We don't have to actually physically get that information from the satellite. But I find it kind of interesting, you know, this, the supposed capabilities of, of some of these satellites. They, they're, they're, you know, they can basically spy in on, on you know, ground level stuff. You know, they can, they can zoom in supposedly uh, all the way to see your face on the ground. They can inter uh, intercept uh Telephone communications, you know, all sorts of different microwave, radio, everything, you yeah. know, like that, you know, that we're sending, you know, through through the air there. And uh, I mean, who knows what the actual capabilities of these satellites are? I happen to think that they're pretty damn capable. You know, uh, they must be. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of technology that we don't know about. I always assume that, right? With government technology and stuff, whatever we know about. I just assume that, like you know, there is government technology out there that is is way higher of a level than than we know. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. And the Pine Gap itself, we don't really know what kind of technology they have there. People have speculated, but we do know a few things. For example, they have thirty eight radomes. Have you seen the pictures of this agent ETA? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're crazy looking. They just like these big giant globe things. They're huge. They're just. I guess they're antennas, you know, for radio stuff. <laughs> well, the, the domes, from looking, what I understand, right? the domes themselves are protecting the, like, the the uh, antennas or, or uh, dishes that are there. You know, like, the dome itself isn't a, a part of, like, you know, the satellite. Or, I mean, uh, the, you know, the, the actual uh, thing there. Antenna? You know, sorry. Antenna. There you yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I thought that that was an antenna structure, but I don't really know. It's just to hide it. That's interesting. They also well, have- not to hide it, to, to protect yeah. it from oh, like right. the elements and stuff, oh, okay. I think. Well, either way, they got a bunch of them and they look really weird. <laughs> There's pictures. Yeah, they're protecting radio dishes and stuff, you know? Yeah, you can look online. You can see the pictures of that. The base also has a massive computer complex. I'm sure, I'm assuming state-of-the-art and all that stuff. 
There are over 800 employees that work there. And they mostly do, well, they do all sorts of stuff. Like, like we said, spy satellites. Um, oh yeah. The base opened in the, in 1970, the treaty to open it was in 1966 and supposedly it was built Mm -hmm. in 1967 and it opened in 1970, but there has been some speculation that it was operating. Something was operating in that area starting after world war II. They had a, a, some kind of presence there, although I'm not really sure what that would be. It's hard to find that information. So this well, we had we had mentioned the five eyes and, and that uh, collaboration between between those five countries uh, were, was started during or directly after World War II, I believe. Mm-hmm. And so it was, you know, it was a, a basically a collaboration with the like the five major English speaking countries in the world, you know. Right. Although I think some people in Canada speak French, you know. Oh, they they definitely do speak French. Yeah. George St. Pierre is my favorite French speaker. <laughs> uh, well, uh, we won't go on another GSP, GSP version here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've done that before, but the, there's actually some really interesting information that came out of the Snowden leak. Uh, one of the documents oh, yeah. revealed that it's used not just for, you know, communications from our enemies, but it's used to intercept and collect internet Email, faxes, telephone communications, like um, like ETA said, anything that's a signal, they pick it up and they use it and they, you know, they store it away and they keep it. I don't know. There's um, a program or a system that Snowden talked about called XKeyScore, just X-K-E-Y-S-C-O-R-E. This is a secret computer system used by the NSA for searching and analyzing the global internet data. And according to Snowden, it allows unlimited real-time surveillance of anyone anywhere in the world. And here's what he had to say about it. You could read anyone's email in the world, anybody you've got an email address for, any website. You can watch traffic to and from it. Any computer that an individual sits at, you can watch it. Any laptop that you're tracking, you can follow it as it moves from place to place throughout the world. It's a one-stop shop for access to the NSA's information. You can tag individuals. Let's say you work at a major German corporation and I want access to that network. I can track your username on a website, on a forum somewhere. I can track your real name. I can track associations with your friends and I can build what's called a fingerprint, which is network activity unique to you, which means anywhere you go in the world, anywhere you try to sort of hide your online presence, your identity. And we've talked about it on the show before, I think mentioned briefly, but there's some people who think that you can remain anonymous by using like the Tor network and stuff. Sorry, guys. I don't think that's true anymore. I think that was true at one point, but I think that they cracked the Tor network a long time ago. And this is Snowden saying, basically, there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, pretty damn mm-hmm. creepy. And all it's of- definitely some sort, some sort of AI program that they're using for sure. Yeah. Because you're, you're not going to have somebody just sitting there working that data. You know? Right. Oh yeah, for sure. They have to have, it has to be some pretty sophisticated software in order to do all that. And the end user, from what this description is, it sounds like the end user basically just enters a person and the, um, the machine or the network will, will build that fingerprint and you have all of their information right there. You can mm-hmm. read their email, look at all their stuff. It's crazy. And all of this is done without due process, without search warrants or anything like that. It exists completely outside of the regular legal and constitutional system, which is just insane. And this is one of the big things, not, not Pine Gap, but this system, which is, 
I think this system, Pine Gap is just a smaller part of this system altogether. So it's it's uh, not just at Pine Gap. It's all over the world. They probably have bases that contribute to this system. But it's crazy. Like, I, I'm not sure how it is in other countries, but in the United States, uh, a cop cannot just come into your house and start searching through your drawers without a warrant or what they call due process. They have to have a reason to be there. For example, yeah, if they see somebody shoot somebody else and then run into a house, the cop can run into that house without a warrant because they're chasing a bad guy. That's okay. But if the cops just roll into your neighborhood and they think, that house looks suspicious, I'm going to go in there, knock down the door and see what's in there. They're not allowed to do that. And I'm assuming mm-hmm. it's like that in most places, you know, because that, that would just make sense. But this is, this well, is. I don't know. Like, you mean most countries or? Yeah, most countries. Yeah. This is. No, I think there, there's quite a few countries out there where you don't have that type of right where like, you know, you don't have a, a expectation of privacy. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, it probably just depends from place to place, but this is just an incredible violation of privacy without, you know, usually if you want a warrant to search the house, like a judge or somebody will have to approve that and they'll have to provide evidence that there's a good reason for searching something with this they can just go do it. They don't need a warrant. They don't, there's no privacy at all. It's, it's pretty, yeah. pretty startling, pretty and, scary. And there's, there's very little reason to uh, expect that you even know that your privacy has been compromised. Yeah. You know, like uh, how, how are you, to, how are you to know, you know, well, like you can't, you know, I think that everybody's privacy is compromised at this point. You can just assume that it is. What you don't know is if somebody in the government has started to pay attention to you for one reason or another. I think uh-huh. most people, they don't really care about us. They don't care what we're Googling, what movies we're watching. Oh no, they pirated a MP3. Like they don't care about that kind of stuff. I think they're looking yeah. for big picture kind of stuff, like intelligence assets type stuff. But you never know. The next witch hunt is right around the corner, whatever it's going to be. You know what I mean? So um, uh-huh. could you imagine if uh, Senator McCarthy for the, you know, the red scare and the McCarthy hearings and all that nonsense, if he had access to this kind of information, it'd be pretty crazy stuff, oh, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, you know, that reminds me also, well, it kind of sparks the idea that like, you know, at least in this country, um, to have like an honest, true, like revolution, I guess you could say, say if the government, you know, well, let's just say this might be crazy, but say if the government becomes overbearing and the people are, you know, th- there's a lot of unrest, you know what I mean? And people want to rebel against the government because things have gone too far, I guess you could say, just putting a general statement on it. I mean, that's, that's going to be pretty hard to do nowadays, mm-hmm. you know, because the control, the flow, flow of information, the control yeah. that, that, you know, our government has to, to spy on us and know exactly what's happening before we can say, say you want to uh, conduct a, a protest or something like that. Well, they're going to know about it before it even happens. Right. You know, so if they want to stop it, they can stop it, you know. And the, the government has done some insane stuff in the past. And I think it really depends quite a lot on which administration is doing what. But like I said, I just did the Watergate thing and the Nixon administration did all kinds of crazy stuff. For example, they broke in to the um, psychiatrist's office of somebody, of a journalist they didn't like to find dirt on them. Another journalist, mm-hmm. they actually planned a hit on that journalist. They, they were straight up going to kill him, but they got yeah. caught for Watergate. So that got postponed and it never happened. Um, they were doing so much dirty stuff in that administration that it just kind of chilling what would happen if they had access to this kind of a system. 
it's pretty, I mean, it's, I know, right. I can't even imagine. Like it's pretty, pretty scary. The stuff. They definitely wouldn't have, they wouldn't have thought twice about using it. Oh, not at all. Game. No, no. After he got caught, Nixon said, I'm paraphrasing, but he said, my mistake was that, um, oh, hi, ether and bye. <laughs> I guess she's popping in for just a minute. Um, he said, basically, I didn't respond to this, um, with enough force. Basically. I forget the exact wording, but he's like, yeah, I didn't do anything wrong. I just, I just didn't handle it correctly. You know, like I didn't handle it forcefully. No, it's, it's pretty, pretty scary stuff. That's that whole Nixon thing. I, the whole Watergate I'm not thing, a crook. Yeah. I am not a crook. The whole Watergate thing. Like I did it as a bonus because I thought, ah, oh, whatever, it's a historical case. I'll just dip into it and then won't be a big deal. But dude, it touches on so many crazy things. Like they kidnapped a woman who was uh who was married to somebody in the administration because they were worried she was gonna talk to the press. They kidnapped a woman. Like it's just it's crazy. And there were protesters, mm-hmm. uh, people who were protesting outside of the RN Republican National Convention. I, I don't want to say RNC for our international listeners, I have no idea what that is. And they kidnapped the protesters, took them to Mexico and waited until the RNC was over to release them. It's crazy. crazy. That's that's absurd. Our government kidnapping protesters. It is absolutely insane. And this is like, I don't know, man. You think that our governments stop doing this kind of stuff? I don't know. I would hope so. But, you know, I don't have any faith in that. (laughs) But, all right. So one of the crazy things that I read about for the Pine Gap. So apparently for a long time, it was like a super secret base. Nobody even really knew what it was or why it was there. And even the Australian government didn't know what was going on there. One of their mm-hmm. former prime ministers who was, um, what, Go Whitlam, I think Whitlam or Whitman. Um, I think it was Whitman. I forget. I might Whitman, have, yeah. It might be a typo with uh, Whitlam there, I think, because I was typing this up pretty fast. But he was the prime minister from 1972 to 1975, and he actually wanted to shut Pine Gap down. He wanted to shut it down. And the CIA, well, the, the U.S. government was kind of like, what? This is, no, 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 we can't. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> we cannot have this shenanigans. I don't think, not on my watch, buddy. Uh, so the CIA was very unhappy with this as well. And there's a quote from Victor Marchetti, who was a CIA officer. And he said, it caused apoplexy in, in the white house and a kind of coup was set in motion. I put, <laughs> I, I, I saw that word being used apoplexy. Yeah. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right or whatever, but what, what the fuck does that mean? I think that that's like an aneurysm or something. Maybe. Or like they're, let me see. They're just, they're discombobulated. Oh, I just use another fancy word. Oh, with me. how about another one? I, I picked <laughs> this one up from an MMA podcast, uh, kerfuffle. That's, that's my fancy word for oh, the day. Kerfuffle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that word. Yeah. I think that was the co-main event podcast. They, they're, they're silly on that show. Um, let's see a sudden impairment of neurological function, especially that resulting from a cerebral hemorrhage or a stroke. Okay. So yeah, mm. basically. Um, I wasn't too far off on what I, yeah, it's, it doesn't seem, it's, it doesn't seem like it's usually used to, for an actual medical condition though. It's used, uh, slang or whatever. I had a typo uh-huh. here instead of white house. I almost said it, it was the shite house. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, that'd be appropriate. <laughs> I think I definitely smell shite. Um, so the, <laughs> the CIA critical drinker. Yeah. The CIA and MI6 hatched a plan to oust the prime minister. Cause they're like, they are like, nope. And on November 11th, 1975, the prime minister was supposed to brief parliament on the secret CIA presence in Pine Gap, 
But before he could do so, he was dismissed by from office by Governor General John, I guess this is like a royal or related to the crown somehow, Governor General John Kerr, using some sort of obscure reserve powers that hadn't really ever been used or not recently anyways. Um, this was like something that hadn't been done in a long time, I guess. I don't really know very much about the structure of the Australian government, but this event in itself where the CIA or the U.S. government basically says, hey, hands off our secret base, buddy, and they kick the prime minister out of office? The prime minister the, of the country. That's, that's wild. Unbelievable. I could not read it. I could not believe it when I read that. It's crazy. Yeah. But I think... Um, I think they're probably, they have like a parliament and stuff. I don't know. I, I, I didn't have time to look it up, but this dude, this looks like it'd be this in and of itself looks like it'd be a really interesting, like cloak and dagger type case going on here. It's, it's pretty wild stuff. But like this, this is one of those ones that touches on a whole bunch of other stuff that we could go on tangents, but it's like, well, mm-hmm. I don't want to do, you know, 30 minutes on, on kicking out the prime minister on an episode about pine gap. I'll just mention it though, because it's definitely related. But it's just um pretty fascinating event, you know, that's s- sort yeah. of surrounds this whole thing. Well, it, it shows you how important this facility is. Yeah. You know, it, it's, you know, yeah. it's extremely important as far as like a strategery, you know what I mean? Right. And from what I understand, they need it in that spot because it helps them to cover that hemisphere. And Australia is in a very important geographical location as an ally for the United States, if we didn't have that base there, we would have a big hole in our surveillance capabilities. So that's why they're like, nope, we are not going to put up with this. But it's just insane to me that like, I don't know, people, you know, I talk to, I have a show, they're like, oh, conspiracies aren't real. That stuff never happens. I'm like, dude, just read some history, you know? (laughs) Like, holy Yeah, no, conspiracies are very real. Yeah, this stuff is crazy. All right. So that's like just, um... A, a overview of Pine Gap and its capabilities. We could go into a lot more depth on a lot of these different topics, like the surveillance and Edward Snowden in and of himself and his document. That's a whole other series of episodes in and of itself. But that stuff aside, what everybody else, what everybody's probably wondering, is there more than just cloak and dagger stuff? Is there anything weird happening there? Or was there? Well, of course there is, or I wouldn't be talking about it today. Or maybe I probably would be, I don't know, whatever, but. <laughs> yeah, I've heard, I've heard some stories. Uh, there, there was one particular story of a uh, guard that was working there at the base, uh, Pine Gap, that was a former SAS officer. And uh, after he had retired, he basically got hooked up, hooked up with what he thought was a, you know, a, a, a private company that was doing, you know, uh, security for the area. And he thought it was going to be a cushy job. Uh, he thought, you know, he got paid really good money, um, way better than he ever got paid before from what, from what now this guy, I, I just might, uh, state that like he was an, an anonymous individual. So I take it for what it is. It might, you know, you might have to take it with a grain of salt, you know, who knows if this account is actually real or not. But, um, he states that like he saw all sorts of different weird stuff when he was, uh, on patrol on the base. Hmm. in and around the base and uh he describes um a situation where he was actually he had a partner that was an ab- aboriginal that would uh go on patrols with him and stuff 
And he describes this one night where, you know, you know, this base, like, let's just like, I guess I describe the situation, like this base isn't lit up very much. It's like the, most of the areas are very dark. He described having like a, a really good, like, like setup, like a, a good kit, like the top of the line armor weapons, you know, like, like night vision goggles and stuff like that. You know, like they were very well set up, very well funded. And um, at any rate, uh, there's there there was a night where he starts hearing this what he describes as like you ever heard like a, a car roaming around like uh, your area that's like like playing like music and like there's a lot of bass yeah like you hear that like that thump 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 or whatever whatever you know uh, the music sounds like mm-hmm. he sound he said he he heard something akin to that and it started getting closer and it started getting louder and more like substantial like it started actually like affecting his his like uh, ability to like like uh perceive reality i guess you could say weird and um at one point he noticed uh some some beings that had showed up and like got closer to him and I, i'm paraphrasing all this I'm, I'm going through the story kind of fast here there's much more to it than that but uh he said that um Basically, like like he he wanted to like call in ar- artillery, like he wanted like you know uh, much more support than just him and this other guy that he was with, and they ended up drawing down on him, like like raising the rifles and thinking about shooting these these beings that they were seeing. Like, but the way he describes it was it you know to me it seems like it was some kind of an alien or something like that, you know. And he also describes seeing um like like a uh, flying craft. That would like uh, be stationary in the air, like there, I guess there's all sorts of different stuff he saw there, but he would see like flying craft that would be around the area and like like going up and down like a yo-yo is 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 the particular quote that this guy said. Weird. He said it like these craft were not acting like normal aircraft at all in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. And uh, once once he came across these these uh, alien type beings, I guess. Um, he had like, so, okay. So this guy had, had served in the, uh, the middle East. And one of the reasons why he retired from, uh, the military was because, uh, of, at the end of his tour, uh, towards the end, he, his vehicle had been hit with the IED and he received like, you know, a bunch of injuries and stuff. And, um, he was good still, but he had to spend some time in the hospital, you know, had to recover and everything. But then he got, after he had retired from the military, he got hooked up with this job, right? Um, he, he, he says, he claims that the reason why he got hooked up with this job because he had a very unique surname and, uh, some, somebody, uh, I, I guess he had family connections, I guess is what I'm getting at that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he, he wasn't sure what he was going to do after he had retired from the military. Um, and he was all scarred up and stuff. He says he looked, he looked like the, uh, a stepbrother from, uh, Freddy Krueger. Oh, wow. You know? So he was injured very badly. Yeah, burnt up pretty bad, and uh, he he even had described how like you know like, well like I don't know what I'm gonna do with my life here because I can't get a woman. I look too scarred and too you know like like just messed up you know, and like he he just didn't know what to do with his life, and he got this opportunity to to go work at um at, uh Pine Gap as a, a you know private security firm you know mm-hmm. well h- hired by a private security firm. But so, at any rate, so he and his partner encountered these these beings that were not human, and um, he says like once he like 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 pulled up his rifle and aimed at him, 
um, he basically like went limp and, and woke up in the hospital the next day, hmm. like with his full kit and gear still on. He didn't have like a, a hospital gown or anything like that on. Like, and um, basically he was, he was forced to sign some papers, like non-disclosure type things. You know what I mean? And uh, he went on his way, but he said like, like uh, he had, he had a lot of like, like physical repercussions, like from this one encounter like he, he never felt like a uh, normal for a long time after that. But like he said he had this like itching and burning in his neck and stuff. And I guess it, it greatly affected him, you know, even though he doesn't remember exactly what happened after he lost consciousness, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that, that's, that's, it's one of the stories I saw that was like, that's crazy. I mean, if that is true, I mean, like I said, it was an, an anonymous person that had um, told the story. So, who knows if this is true or not? I don't right. know. It's just like a, a story connected to, to Pine Gap. You know? Well, a lot of people have speculated that there's secret weapons testing going on at Pine Gap and that there is yeah. a substantial underground base beneath the area, which yeah. would seem to make sense if you think about it. But, you know, the information on this one is really hard to come by. This was one of those ones where... There was a whole lot of anecdotes, but there was very, very little hard evidence. And that's because to this day, it's still highly, highly classified, even though it's been around for so long. Yeah. So it, it's, yeah, it's very, it's very, it's very hard to confirm any of these stories with right. actual evidence that's, that's provable. Yeah. Know? But I did see stuff about electromagnetic weapons. And I wonder if what he saw was a weapons test. They were just testing it out on him. You know, they're like, hey, let's see if this works. Let's go test it out. It's non-lethal. Let's just go see what it does, you know? And I wonder if it could cause hallucinations or something. There are other stories that things on the base, like maybe the antennas or something, cause UFOs, like maybe orbs of light in the sky. And that sounds like totally plausible to me. But the area in general is known for having uh, lights, the um, sort of like the Min Min lights. Those are apparently pretty common in that general area. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I heard, I, I've heard a couple different stories uh, while doing research here for Pine Gap where, you know, people uh, claim that, like, you know, the governments are working with aliens, you know, or they're at least like reversed, uh, you know, engineering some like alien craft or something like that. It's like, it, and this Pine Gap has been referred to as like Australia's Area 51. Yes. You know, Exactly. So, like, yeah. it, it, there's there's a lot of uh, of uh, hubbub going on around here, and a lot of a lot of different crazy stories that you hear. One of the ones that I thought that was kind of weird was uh, supposedly like like some of the work that they were doing is like like um, interdimensional like like portals hmm. that are, are you know claimed to have you know exist there, you know. And like I didn't hear a whole b- much about it that just was mentioned in, in one of the stories I had read. Like they didn't go too far into it at all. Just mentioning that, like you know, that they have interdimensional portals that you know they're they're working with there. You know, and who knows? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a little skeptical about that, but what do I know? You know what I mean? Well, who knows what's possible? If they did have something like that, they certainly wouldn't let us know about it. That's for sure. Of course not. Yeah. yeah. But that, that would be, yeah, that'd be fascinating. Like interdimensional. What does that mean? Does that mean like a parallel universe? Does it mean a fourth spatial dimension? I don't know. It's pretty weird though. But they also, I checked this one out. I found this one. There's actually a whole book on this one. So people, I think we mentioned, I don't know, people think that they actually have directed energy weapons on the base. That's part of their capability. And somebody wrote, basically wrote a whole book 
um, arguing that they use that the Valentic disappearance in 1978. We did an episode on it before. Um, really weird and interesting case. Um, the author, oh, I should have wrote down the name of the book, but I forgot to. But the author argues that the uh, Valentic disappearance was caused by directed energy weapons from Pine Gap Base. So I don't, I mean, I skimmed through some of it. I found a copy online that I saw. Um, I think I, yeah, it's for free download. I found a free download on a website, but um, it's a long book. I didn't have time to read the whole thing. It's an interesting idea, but um, I don't know. It seems like there's not a whole lot of proof there. It's just speculation, but it would explain if the government was somehow uh, secret governments like the CIA or whatever was somehow involved in the Valentic disappearance, it would explain why they never released the audio recording. Cause there's an audio recording of his disappearance, but they, they never released it. If you Google it, mm-hmm. you can find a recreation. Somebody, you know, somebody who did some voice acting and tried to recreate it. But in particular, I'm curious to hear what people have described at the end of that recording, where there's like a metallic scraping sound right before he's cut off and he disappears forever. Right. I don't know. It's, it's possible that the that the secret government was somehow involved in that, and that's why they're covering it up. Because otherwise, if it was just a mundane plane crash, why would they not release that audio recording? It's not a big deal, you know? Mm-hmm. Or is it? So one thing that's speculated is that there's a nuclear reactor underneath the ground at Pine Gap. And the evidence pointed to this is that the base uses a ton of water, like way more than you would need for 800 people and they suspect it might be for some kind of nuclear plant or who knows what kind of scientific experiments or whatever, who knows what they would be using that much water for. But I I forget the exact number. It's like millions and millions of gallons, like way, way more than you would use for 800 people on a base. I don't know. You see anything about that ETA? I didn't know. Yeah. But yeah, so like you said, um, some people suspected of being an alien base harboring extraterrestrial technology. You already mentioned that one. Um, anti-gravity propulsion is another one people suspect is going on there, but here's an interesting one that I found. So on September 15th, 1991, the space shuttle discovery, uh, was, was over Australia when footage was taken that shows about a dozen UFOs around the shuttle as it passes over pine gap. So this, you can actually find this online. Just Google September 15th, 1991 space shuttle discovery mission UFOs. And this is one of those ones. There's a few of them, but this is one of those ones where NASA just said it was a bunch of ice crystals. But if you pay attention, you can see what are clearly are objects that look like they're far away, not that they're close. And they're look, they appear to be moving around intelligently, not just floating dumbly. And you know, they make turns and stuff like that. Um, who knows? Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's, if they're ice crystals or whatever, but the objects at one point in the video stop moving and then there's a flash of light and then they all go off in different directions. And then a few seconds later, two beams of light shoot up from the earth towards the position of where some of the UFOs were. And this is pretty like the, the footage I found online, it was really hard to see. It was on YouTube and it's kind of grainy. So I'm curious to see if there's some higher, resolution footage somewhere I could find because YouTube compresses the crap out of stuff sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's I've seen, I've seen that video. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know what you're talking about and like some of the objects that were, you know, uh, uh, hovering around or what have you, it seems like they weren't ice crystals falling. They definitely weren't falling off of the vehicle or off, off of the, uh, the rocket, you know, 
Yeah, no, I mean, definitely. They were, they seemed, it seemed like they were, like they were moving intelligently. Right. Yeah, you know, they were being con- controlled in some way, shape, or form. And yeah, they look like they're moving around, and some researchers have calculated that the objects are big and far away, and if you look at them, they don't look like something close to the camera. They look like something far away from the camera, but then again, yeah. distances in space can be very deceiving because you don't have the atmosphere that refracts light from a distance, so you could, I don't know. Yes. Things can look weird, so I don't, I'm not a researcher, and I don't know how you come to that conclusion, but some people have... Uh, have looked into it and said, well, look, you can even see one coming from behind the atmosphere. So that has to be, you know, behind the horizon is really far away. That's not an ice crystal up close, right? Yeah. And then the um, the beams of light that are coming from underneath, people speculate that that could be one of these directed energy weapons coming from Pine Gap attempting to knock down one of the UFOs. So obviously they could capture the technology or whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. to which mm-hmm. I, I would respond what are you doing? <laughs> you know, like, what are you- yeah, I wonder why, if that was a, a directed energy weapon, like why did they use it? You know, yeah. uh, like what was going on there? I, I don't know, but it just, it makes me very curious that like what the hell was actually going on there? Why would they have to, why would they feel the need to use this directed energy weapon? Yeah. You know? And it makes you wonder like what's going on. Like if, if they can get here from there, let's assume it's extraterrestrial crafts. They obviously have a huge technology advantage and we don't want to, you know, fisticuffs with them because we're going to get our asses kicked. So why would they try to start something? You know, what's that saying? You don't, you don't want there to be nothing. Don't start nothing or whatever. I don't know. But like, why would you, (laughs) why would you go looking for trouble? You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it doesn't make any sense to me, but yeah, if you don't want no shit, don't start no shit. Yeah, exactly. Like that, that makes me wonder, like, say for instance, let's just like assume that maybe there is some connection with our governments and extraterrestrial beings. They are working together in some way, shape or form. Like, what is the dynamic there? Like, like what kind of relationship do we have with these extraterrestrial beings? Like, like what's going on? Like, is there any treaties or anything like that? Or, or how do they look at us? Like, do do they look at us like, you know, fleas or ants? Like, you know, if, if, if you do have, like, in, in my opinion, I, I said this before, if you do have an extraterrestrial being that, you know, is not from this world, uh, they're not traveling from point A to point B in one straight line. You know, they, they, they must be using, you know, like a, 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 a portal or something like that, or, you know what I mean? They, they have to have some kind of travel technology that would, would allow them to travel great spanses in, in like a, an instant, you know what I mean? Right. Like, like, cause like I said, point A to point B just doesn't make sense. It would take too long. It wouldn't be worth it. You right. know? So if they, if they are coming from somewhere far away, then they must have a way to travel, you know, in a blink of an eye from well, one solar system to another, one galaxy to another, maybe, I don't know. And it, it frustrates me to no end when, you know, you'll see scientists quoting as saying, it's not possible to do this or that or the other. But I'm like, dude, the history of science is the history of people doing the impossible. Like we don't know yeah. what there is to know until we know what there is to know. There's, you know, yeah. they're pretending yeah, like just, just science like, has reached its apex and it can't go any further. That's nonsense. Oh, bullshit. You know? Bullshit. We don't know nothing, dude. In my opinion, I don't think we don't know shit. We think we do. Yeah. You know, we think we're such advanced beings, you know, we know so much about the, you know, reality. I don't think we really even know what reality is. Reality is. Um, like for example, consciousness. 
we don't know what consciousness is. We might maybe have an idea, but like, and I've mentioned this before on the podcast, like, like just the fact that like the pineal gland at the base of your brain produces dimethyltryptamine DMT. What the fuck does that mean? Yeah. Why would your body, why would your body have to produce dimethyltryptamine? Is, is, is that like, you know, a connection to reality yeah. or, or are, are, do we produce consciousness or do we receive consciousness? You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know, but that's a very important question. I think like what the hell is consciousness? You know, like, like for example, when we go to sleep, you know, and we have these crazy dreams sometimes and stuff, you know, like what, what do the dreams mean? I don't know. But like, you know, it's, it's, that's kind of a crazy dynamic there too. We basically go to sleep and we basically lose consciousness, you know, and we're in a different realm now you know, every night, right? And yeah. whether you remember the dreams you have or not, or if you do have a dream or don't have a dream, I don't know, whatever, dude. Like, but what does that mean though? You know what I mean? Like, so, so I don't think we have a grasp on reality as much of a grasp as we think we do. We like to think it's the same thing also with like historians and, and uh, you know, people who study history, archeologists and stuff, you know, like they, they like to think that like, oh no, we know what we're talking about, right? Like even even something as simple as like, you know, all the all the structures on the Giza plateau, you know, or, or Egyptian history, right? Like uh we don't really know what happened. You know what I mean? Like we're not psychics here, you know. So uh, there is so much evidence to state that like human history could be wildly different than what we think it could have been. And then we may be you know, advanced human history could possibly be way older than we think it could be, you know? Right. So, like, like, we don't know, dude, you know? That's all I'm trying to say, I guess, you know? All right, let's get back to Pine Gap. So, there are some UFO sightings. There's actually quite a lot of UFO sightings in the area in general, but I wanted to try to stay specific to Pine Gap as much as possible or the immediately uh -huh. surrounding areas. Uh, because otherwise, you know, you start getting into a whole other episode. So the the first sighting I found, this one actually didn't happen in the area, but I'm I included it because of the hitchhiker effect, basically. And I was wondering if that's what this was. I don't know. But there are three people from Alice Springs who were on a camping trip in Western Australia, and they just laid down in their swags, which I guess that's what they call like their sleeping bags or something, when one of them yelled out, look at the sky. And then they looked up and they saw a long gold colored object which had a round front and three glowing tails they saw it for about two and a half minutes as it flew from southwest to northeast it was a large object and it flew faster than a jet so that's the whole description um there's obviously you don't have any data they can only estimate uh it was fast it was really fast i don't know who knows you could probably calculate <laughs> if if you assumed that they saw it in the middle of the sky and not horizon to horizon. Let's say they saw it when it was overhead, and then it went from overhead to the horizon in two and a half minutes. You could probably calculate that speed if you knew the altitude, but uh, you, you could assume a couple different altitudes and calculate that, but um, I would have to do some Googling on how to do that because <laughs> I don't know how far it is to the horizon and all that other good stuff. But they talked to some local aboriginals who saw a similar object on the previous evening, and they said it wasn't the first time that something like this had been seen in the area. All right, another sighting. On June 7th, 2000, a little bit northwest of Pine Gap, two witnesses, a husband and a wife, um, heard some dogs barking madly. They didn't say if it was their dogs, but you can assume that it is. 
and they went to check, and they saw a disc-shaped object with orange around the edge. At first, it seemed like the trees were on fire. It hovered around for a little while, and then it moved out of sight. They saw it for a total of about 10 minutes. So, interesting, quick little sighting there. There's not a whole lot more to it. On May 15th, 2000, north of Pine Gap near Alice Springs at 11.45 p.m., two witnesses once again heard dogs barking, so they went out to look, and they saw a dark object with lights around the edge. They did not hear any noise, and it moved from a north-south direction. So it's a very similar sighting, and it sounds like it might even be the same object. I don't know. All right, now 1997, another one. At 11 p.m., a woman was followed to Alice Springs by a craft with a blue dome top and a flat bottom. It had lights on its edge. Once again, a pretty similar description. When she Uh, got to town... What's up? Nobody likes a flat bottom. I know, right? Well, some people do. When she arrived to town, the craft headed back towards Pine Gap. So I thought that was kind of interesting. And no, no flat bottom. I'm an ass man. <laughs> hey, you know, you there's hey, there's all all kinds of great shapes and sizes. You know what I mean? Yeah, I suppose. I tell you what, I wouldn't be kicking anybody out of bed for a flat bottom. I'll just say that. All right, so I might. <laughs> on another one on June sixteenth, two thousand and six, at four fifty a.m. I actually have a, a longer description for this one. So here's the witness description: We were camping at a caravan park south of Alice Springs. And we're up early to go and have a, um, a, a stroll at the Sunday market. The sun had not risen, but the sky was light, when suddenly I noticed two very bright white lights, fairly close together, traveling from the south. They came over the ridge, were on um, cloudy nights, there was some reflected light from Pine Gap, which was on the other side, so we knew the location. So it came from the direction of Pine Ridge, I guess. I shouted to my friend to look and had enough time to plunge into my tent, scramble in the dark from my camera and race out, take a long shot, and then put the camera on zoom and take another, which only managed to get one light. When I came home, I put the picture on the big screen and I could just make out in the photo the two round metallic looking spheres. And you can look at the picture they were, I found them. Well, they found them in like um, an old journal or something, but um, I don't think they're really available online, but the pictures do indeed what look like, you know, either two spheres or there's also like a little, like a little thing that looks like it could be a disc shape as well. It's, it's kind of grainy and hard to tell, but it's still pretty cool. They saw something anomalous and they got a picture of it and it met the picture matches what they said they saw. So, I mean, it's not, you know, a smoking gun or anything, but it's still pretty cool to have an actual photograph that doesn't look fake because quite a lot of Mm -hmm. the ones I see look really fake. (laughs) All right. Now I found this on the above top secret forums, A, a dude or dude or lady named Zorgon posted on there, something that looked kind of like crop circles on the ground near pine gap. There were like these weird geometric circle patterns and I don't know what to make of that. It's just, they were there, (laughs) you know, you could see them on Google earth or something like that, I think, but it's just pretty interesting. I'm not sure if there's anything to that. It's just a little thing I found that I thought was interesting. All right. Now there's all sorts of theories we've talked about so far, but one of the wild ones that I found was somebody was speculating. Uh, It doesn't seem that this is based on any real evidence. Just, they were sort of speculating, but they said there was a tunnel 1400 miles long all the way up to northwest to the Northwest Cape and submarines went through there to refuel. Um, I don't know. Hmm. 
Like, all right, that seems a little ridiculous that a submarine would travel 1,400 miles each way through a tunnel to refuel. I I don't know. (laughs) You know, why? It doesn't sound very efficient. It doesn't sound practical. Do you know how big that tunnel would need to be for submarines to get through there? And it would probably need need to be big enough for at least two of them so that you could have them coming and going at the same time. I mean, yeah. 1,400 miles of tunnel. I don't believe that one. I just, sometimes these wild theories are kind of fun to discuss. So I just threw it in my notes anyways. What the hell? Another wild theory that again has zero evidence behind it, but I just saw it somewhere on the interwebs. Somebody said there's a 28,000 foot water bore drilled below the base that can be used as an antenna for very low frequencies and also can be used to have a resonance around the globe. Whatever that means, I don't know. It sounds a little far-fetched to me, but it's still still huh. kind of a fun idea that somebody has a water antenna. Um, I, I'm, that's not a thing as, as far as I'm aware of. That's not a thing. Otherwise, they'd be using, you know, the whole ocean as an antenna <laughs> or whatever. Uh, they wouldn't build these super expensive antennas, you know, like the Arecibo Observatory or whatever, if they could just use water. So I'm not sure exactly how that works, but I found it and it sounded interesting, so I put it in the notes. All right, now we're getting into some pretty weird stuff. I found some people talking about there being cloning facilities at Pine Gap, including um, making alien-human hybrids. So, you know, maybe they're watching too much X-Files. Yeah, exactly. Oh, shit. (laughs) Subterranean lizard people. Yeah, I kind of went into that territory, so I didn't look too much into it. There's no evidence behind it. It's sort of, I don't know, I'd put it more on the realm of science fiction type stuff, but it's still fun. Still fun to imagine what if they're doing some cloning there. For for what reason, yeah. I don't know. Why would they need to do it there specifically? Who knows? Maybe just because it's remote. Um, I don't know. I also, I also want to believe, but I can't. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would love to believe that one, yeah. I saw another one that Pine Gap is somehow part of the NWO's master plan, but... How or why or what isn't exactly clear. It's just one. It was one of these posts where it's like NWO, the New World Order, and Pine Gap, and stuff happens, and you're like, okay, cool, cool beans, man. But yeah, I'm, I don't know. It wasn't really clear about what was actually happening. It sounded made up to me. I mean, the <laughs> the New World Order isn't going to rely on any one place like Pine Gap. They're going to have control over every place. So you know, <laughs> it won't yeah. won't matter. Um, I did see a local resident posted on the ATS forums. Now again, it's, this is just somebody posting on a forum, so it could be made up, but they said they live in the area and at night there's quite a lot more air traffic than you would expect, including some aircraft that are cylinders with no flight control surfaces. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ozzy Mima says, just saying this may be the reason for some of the theories. And she posts a bottle of a bottle of beer, a two liter bottle of beer. <laughs> <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> that could be. I mean, it's definitely sounding like that, isn't it? But sometimes it's fun to talk about the wild side of these things. You know what oh, I mean? That what kind of beer is that? That looks delicious. I mean, that looks like a, a growler, you know? That's a that's a big beer, right? Yeah, there. it's um NT draft. It looks good though. Darwin stubby. All right, hey. <laughs> that's uh only the strong shall pass, I guess, right? <laughs> It looks good though. Um, yeah. If, Hey, if we ever make it to Australia, we're definitely going to do a shoey and we'll try to find some Darwin stubby with which uh, to do it. <laughs> I, I might do a shoey. I'm not going to do the traditional sh- shoey where somebody spits in the, 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 
the uh, the shoe first, you know. Yeah. I'm just gonna do like a a half ass shoey. I'll, I'll go, drink some beer out of a shoe, but I'll it's gonna buy, have to be a brand new shoe. Yeah, I'll go buy a brand new shoe from Walmart and then drink it out of there, and then line it with some Saran wrap or a, a Ziploc bag or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you Aussies are. You, you guys are crazy sometimes, man. Savages. Like, good fun. Yeah, it's good fun. You're savages, but in a good way. You know, we love like, it. I respect you. Yeah, I've seen Tai Tuivasa do a mini Ashui. There's nothing you know, better and, than watching Tai Tuivasa knock somebody into next week, you know, with, with a tremendous blow to the head, knocking somebody clean out and then doing a shoey on his way out, having people pour beer into it and spitting in it as yeah. he walks. It's, it's insane. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't do it, but God bless you. Yeah, sir. exactly. That's my opinion. <laughs> you know? All right. So I got a couple more things. I only got a couple more things here. Just a few more. Um, in 1984, five people went close to the base. They, for whatever reason, they went there for, reasons to observe the base, which uh, already I'm starting to be suspicious because if it's anything like Area 51, the security is supposed to be extreme. So you're not getting anywhere near that place. But anyways, they supposedly saw a bright beam of gold colored light shoot up from the middle of one of the radomes, which again are those globe shaped things on the ground. And it was several meters across and it looked almost solid. So uh, that's pretty cool sighting. I don't believe it, but it's really cool. A solid beam of light. You know, <laughs> in 1989, three hunters at 4:30 a.m. saw a large camouflage door open up on the side of a hill, and a metallic disc-shaped craft emerged, tipped on. Oh, its I heard o- about this. Yeah, yeah. Tipped on its edge and left straight up at an extremely high speed. The door shut, and it was impossible to tell that it was even there because the camouflage was that good. I was like. Dude, I don't know if I believe this one, but it's really cool sighting though. Yeah, it sounds very compelling. It's it's pretty cool stuff. I wish we had some videos of it though. And then the last one I have for as far as UFO sightings, in 1975, a passenger plane flying in the area uh, was flying in the area and they saw, they saw a round white object similar to the radomes rise into the air and leave to the northwest. So big sphere just flies up and leaves. That's kind of an interesting one. There's not a whole lot to that. And it was really hard to find UFO sightings for Pine Gap, I'm guessing, because it's still classified. Now, yeah. the, the final thing I have to talk about is, I guess, I think it's north, a little bit north of of, um, of Alice Springs, is a town called Wycliffe Well. And it's supposedly Wycliffe is the sighting, UFO sighting capital of Australia. I don't know about that because there's a lot of places in Australia that have a lot of sightings. But anyways, a guy named Lou Farkas spent about $4 million developing it as an attraction over the years. And it's basically described as like, um, like an alien theme park, kind of like, I don't, it doesn't have any rides or anything, but there's a lot of alien stuff there. Uh, here's a description from vice.com. Wycliffe Wells, no Wycliffe Well feels like an abandoned theme park. The roadhouse's main facade is coated in flaky space blue paint and detailed with galaxies and exploding stars. There's a derelict train out the back, a lake, dozens of rusting alien-shaped mannequins and ruined sculptures. Inside is a cavernous restaurant, its walls covered with hundreds of laminated UFO-related newspaper clippings. White lettering above reads, Welcome to Wycliffe Well, UFO Center of Australia. And I guess that the guy who developed it no longer lives there. He moved out, and it seems like at one point it was a popular place to stop off. And it no longer is, but it's still there. So hey, if you're ever in the area, uh, definitely stop by because it sounds like a really awesome place. 
So yeah, I mean yeah. that's well, I know like the 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 area surrounding like it sounds like it's like from what I've read is one of the hot spots in Australia as far as like UFO encounters or you know witness uh, events and stuff. You know, so it sounds like it, it's it is a hotbed of of UFO activity, but um, there's no way to really like confirm if any of these stories, well, most of them are, are actually real. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, other than there, there is an abundance of UFO sightings near UFO bases and nuclear reactors, if they do have a nuclear reactor there. So that's, yeah. that's not unusual, but just a general area, like the whole region seems to have a lot of stuff going on, but you could say that about a lot of places though. So it's not necessarily unique yeah. in that regard, but there well, does, it is kind of, it is kind of unique in one way where like the whole area of like Pine Gap and the surrounding areas. Yeah. There's a couple of cities there, but it's not heavily populated. Yeah. You know not I mean? at all. Like the, there's a, there's a lot of open space there. And for, for this area to have as many UFO encounters, uh, if you want to call it that, then like it, there must be a lot going on there. Right. You know? Yeah. You know, I, I don't know what exactly is going on, but like, there's a lot of people claiming to have, uh, you know, experienced some certain things, you know, when some, it comes to UFO sightings. Some people think that it's uh, UFOs, you know, if it's aliens, then they're coming to scope out our military capabilities. And here's a thought I had. So if, um, if Pine Gap is basically, they're basically what they're doing is they're collecting all of the data for the human race, right? That's what they're doing. So if you wanted a one-stop shop to check out the planet, That'd be the perfect place to do it, you know, whatever, right. whatever encryption scheme they're using. I'm guessing aliens probably could break that. I don't know, whatever they're, <clears throat> however they keep that stuff. But I mean, maybe that could be a, you know, a good place to investigate. Why go all over the planet when you can get everything right here in Pine Gap? Um, <laughs> another, another idea that some people have proposed many times throughout the years is, well, like I said, the, um, the, uh, Invest just keeping an eye on our technology to see how far we've gotten. You know, if we're an uh -huh. adversary, you're going to want to know what our capabilities are. But also what many people have said over the years, many times is the theory that it's our technology. I think you mentioned this earlier in the episode, didn't you ETA? That it could be, um, our technology, either we're developing technology or it's captured alien ships or whatever that are being tested in the area. And that's why there's so many UFO sightings around there. Yeah. Yeah. I think we talked about that earlier, but. All right, yeah, well, it could be tech. It could be technology that we're, you know, experimenting with, you know, yeah. that we have uh, reverse engineered, you know, and it could also be like, like we had mentioned before, possibly like we have, you know, interactions with, uh, with aliens or what, what have you, you know, and then we have some kind of understanding that we're working together. But if that's the case also, why would they need to, you know, like, like watch us? Yeah. Why would why would they need to like you know put up a, an effort to surveillance us? You know what I mean. They should have access to all the information that they need, especially if they're so advanced. Then you know how could we hold any information from them? You know we, we you know we wouldn't be able to hide anything. Is what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. For sure. Imagine can't even imagine what their capabilities are. You know. And I always just think yeah. like a good example is that um, a lot of the information that we can achieve that we can observe, I should say, is in the radio wave spectrums or in the EM spectrums, I guess might be more accurate. And it wasn't too long ago that we were totally ignorant that that even existed. We didn't even know about it, right? So yeah. we discover that and it opens up a whole 
new dimension to the universe that we're still exploring to this day, right? Things that we yeah. are not able to see without those capabilities. So who knows what, you know, what, what an extraterrestrial advanced civilization that's a million years ahead of us, who knows what kind of stuff they've discovered that we don't even know exists yet. You know, I kind of like to go on, my mind goes on these crazy what if tangents sometimes. It's just fun to think about. But yeah. I mean, I think that's could be the case, but you never know. And, you know, unless we get to talk to one of them and if they're so far advanced to, to them, we're just going to be like, you know, dogs or cows or whatever. Like, <laughs> look at how we treat wild animals. We'll just go tag something. Like, we'll just go click. Here's a tag to your ear, buddy. Like, we don't even give them painkiller or anything. It's like, bam, free earring. You know, imagine if an alien picked you up and they're like, bam, here's a tag. You're like, what the fuck, dude? You know, like, I don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, like like what do we mean to them? Yeah, exactly. You know I mean? the, the, Would they? How much the do they have any respect for us at all? Uh, do we even deserve that respect? Would they any, respect you know? us as equals? Because I think chances are they would no. not. You know? No. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, that's definitely not not equals. That's about all we got for the Pine Gap. Uh, my final thoughts are: it's a very secret base, and. We know most of what we know is from stuff like the Snowden leaks or FOIA requests, but we still don't know very much about it. Uh, we do know it's for signals intelligence and related things, but other than that, it's hard to find information on. So it's hard to know what to think about this place, but it's a real place and there is real cloak and dagger stuff going on. And the prime minister did get kicked out of office because he wanted to shut it down, which is still in bananas. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. I don't know. Any final thoughts, ETA? So obviously this facility is definitely used to, you know, for, for surveillance purposes on our, you know, adversaries, you know, I guess, like, you know, any kind of strategic, uh, area of, of Asia, Europe, uh, Africa, the, the Middle East, we're, we're definitely looking hard and trying to gain as much knowledge as we can, you know, w with these, uh, surveillance technologies. So it, it definitely is a very important strategic base that is being operated by the five eyes, you know? And so I, I don't blame them. You know what I mean? Like, so uh, if, if, if we're not doing this, like protecting, protecting our interests, you know, and, and trying to find out and be, you know, very aware of what's going on with, with, with countries that we are um, at odds with, I guess you could say, you know, I, I know there's sure, there's certainly probably a bunch of shenanigans that are going on, you know, um, but like, I, I'm not opposed. I know there's a lot of people that are opposed to this base even being in existence. You know, there are protests that have happened, you know, and, and stuff like that. Right. But like, yeah. uh, I don't necessarily disagree with, you know, cause it's like, it's like, as I've said before, Somebody's got to be the swinging dick here in the intelligence community and, you know, your military power, the information that you have. Um, somebody's somebody's got to be the uh, the leader here, you know, and I'm, I'm sure there's some of these powers that have been used for nefarious reasons. And it, it may not be right, but, you know, uh, somebody's somebody's got to be in control here, you know. Yeah, somebody, somebody's got got to be the uh, the power, you know, like you know, and and wield that power. And uh, maybe sometimes it's uh, disapp disappointing what happens, you know, when when a certain country wields their power, and and there are you know innocent people that may suffer for that reason, you know. And I don't like that, but 
it's it's kind of one of those things where it's unavoidable, I think, in a way. Yeah. You well, know? It's, like, it's like the arms race, you know, like when they detonated the first nuclear bomb, there what was I forget his name, but one one of the physicists was like, All right, I think there's a chance this could cause a chain reaction and ignite the entire atmosphere. But they're like yeah. they're like, nah, it probably won't happen. But on the other hand, they're like, well, somebody else is going to set one off sooner or later, so we might as well just be first, you know, <laughs> like, get yeah, a it's, start, it's, it's you a, know? Exactly. And Germany was all, all, you know, also trying to gain that technology, too. They just hadn't got that far. But we, you know, after World War II, we obviously absorbed their scientists. And the reason why the Manhattan, Manhattan Project uh, was as successful as it was was because we had absorbed that ability, you know right. I mean? Well, like, and know. from what I, I'm not a historian, but from what I understand, a big part of our effort were scientists that got kicked out of Germany for being in a group, you know, probably Jewish, but other groups as well that they yeah. didn't like over there, you know? So they, they either kicked them out or they left before things got too bad and they yeah. helped us, you know? And if, if they hadn't, if Germany hadn't gone that way, if they hadn't done, you know, the, um, the concentration camps and all that kind of stuff, if they had kept their good people, then Hitler could have had a nuclear bomb before us very easily. It's just scary to Quite think of. Quite possible. Yeah. Yeah. The only, yeah, so it, the mean, only thing stopping them would be the materials, which they might have had a lot, a lot more trouble getting their hands on than we would. But, yeah. I mean, well, still, I mean, you know, like, it's a scary like, Towards thought. the end of the war there, obviously, they, like towards the end of the uh, World War II, Germany was, was definitely, you know, um, they didn't have the materials that they needed to keep on the war effort. You know, and, and one of the reasons why they had that that particular problem was because they had attacked Russia and they had to, you know, they, they had to spend all sorts of different resources. You know, Russia and Germany had a, a, a you know, a, yeah, a treaty. Non-aggression yeah, treaty. They had a but let's, non-aggression treaty. That's so. a whole other episode. Let's go ahead and finish this episode right now and maybe talk about that in the after hours or something. Because we're getting a little on here. So we'll, sure. we'll call it quits for this time. Thanks everybody so much for listening. We really appreciate it. And if you'd like to help the show out, the best thing you can do is leave a good review wherever you listen, like the show, subscribe, and suggest us to your friend. Can I get a keep it strange, Aging ETA? Hey, I appreciate every, every one of you guys listening. Keep that shit strange. <laughs>